back with another episode of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Inside Sports Fantasy Football. The Lakers fast break, Pop Culture Cosmos, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there. This is all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football, dig on America, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, The Lakers Fast Break, or anything that we do with our ton of great shows that you can go ahead and support today. Plus, if you have questions out there for us at any time at all on the Inside Sports Fantasy Football scene, you can go ahead and just give us a shout out and support us today on social media at IS fantasy football at yahoo.com or inside sports ff on twitter and if you can support all of that it is sincerely appreciated we wanted to go ahead and sneak in another episode because it is last minute draft time we're down to the final couple weeks before the regular season starts on september 8th so we know you are just out there pondering over your rosters pondering over your lists looking at how to go ahead and formulate a strategy and even newbies out there are looking forward to going ahead and maybe getting to their first or second or third drafts, just really still kind of new to the game. But do you have a plan going into action for your upcoming fantasy football draft? We'll talk about that coming up on today's show because I've got a returning man. Indeed. You got to go ahead and check out his show, dig on America as it goes ahead and hits many episodes each and every month. Every week, you can go ahead and check out the new one or two episodes a week I see hitting all the time. Go ahead and check out that today on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It is the mastermind behind Dig on America, Jason Dutch. And Jason, great to have you back on the program. Not sure if I'm a mastermind or not, but thank you. Appreciate it. You're the mastermind indeed. You're you're pulling a lot of those strings. Yeah, you always, always happy to be with pop culture cosmos you guys have been close buddies in the pod world for four years now so back when we were voiced from the underground so um we will always uh, be appreciative of that absolutely and you're a brave man wearing that chicago bears t-shirt you know that's going to be a interesting season ahead per se uh justin fields justin He's been a source of uh, quite a bit of conversation, I should say, over the past few weeks, and I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But you and I both have our leagues that we've got going down, and I know a lot of people have got their leagues set up for the next couple of weeks because it's getting down to the nitty-gritty when it comes to the regular season around the corner. So people are starting to think about seriously how they're going to formulate a strategy for the drafts, how they're going to go ahead about it, what things they should lean into. I've been talking to Chris Sardieri from the Domination Sports Nation about it the past couple of weeks, but it's always good to get different perspectives just so people have a clearer idea. Your thoughts on how you approach your last-minute fantasy football draft? Well, I have my first of two redraft leagues um, Sunday, so this is well-timed, though uh, – of the 10 leagues that I am in, eight to 10 leagues I'm in, somewhere in that ballpark, um, I'm only in two redraft leagues. I'm more of a dynasty player. So, um, like, my dynasty drafts are all done. <laughs> I, I did them in, you know, May. So, um, 
May and June is when those were, were all like early May till mid June. So if you're a dynasty player, uh, you know, it's, you probably know that uh, it's a different time frame. Uh, a couple mm. startup leagues going right now, but um, as far as this season, uh, this looks like t- it's going to be a pretty exciting season. Um, and there's a lot of movement within the draft boards right now, especially at the running back position, as far as to when, uh, you know, where certain running backs are going to go, you know, as far as strategy this year, uh, usually I kind of look at the draft every year and I'm assuming for the context of these conversations, Gerald, that we're going to be looking at one QB leagues. Um, if you happen to be in a two QB league, you should always take two of your first four picks should always be a quarterback. If you are not in a two QB league, then obviously that is, uh, I think what we'll focus on here today. Um, well, that's what I'm going to ask you if you are in a two QB league, although they're not as definitely near as common as a one QB league. Uh, I mean, with unless the, you're in dynasty if you're in dynasty they're all two qb leagues yeah this is true this is true but with the abundance of quarterbacks and the pass happy league that we're now in with the nfl is it so important to get two quarterbacks up front right away because the league to me seems to be having more successful quarterbacks even when you go down to 10 15 even close to 20 as far as productive quarterbacks that can actually be competitive in your league are you talking about in a two QB league or a one? In a two QB league. A, no, QB, I, I'm, you don't need to worry about that. So in a two QB league, if you, if that's what you're doing, or a super flex, if if if, uh, if you don't know what super flex is, it's kind of a de facto two QB league. Though you the, if you have a QB on buy, you could start a wide receiver there. So uh, if you're in a two QB league or a super flex, you you have a a lot of quarterbacks, but like which ones are super dependable, right? So you're going to have, uh, assuming that you're in a 10 or 12 man league, which most people are, if you're in a 14 man league, then you really got to go for quarterback real early. But most leagues are 12 man leagues these days, uh, a few 10 manners out there. In a 12 man league, you should probably have Allen, um, Mahomes, Herbert, and Prescott going in the first round. Prescott generally ends up going around pick 11. Allen, Herbert, Burrow and Mahomes are going to go before Prescott. And, um, you know, of the 12 teams in the league, that means that basically you're looking at, at the minimum five uh, to six quarterbacks going in the first round. You're going to have a few people, you know, JT, Jonathan Taylor might go number one. He might go, I've seen him go as late as number seven in startup drafts. Now, again, if you're in a dynasty league, you're not, worried about this but if you're in a startup league the two or a startup dynasty league or a redraft league um, then that's the way that's going to go the one guy that i'm not sold on being in the first round who goes in the first round a lot is kyler murray um Mm. i i owned kyler murray last year i have nothing against kyler murray i think kyler murray is very talented quarterback and i think he has a lot more tools in place this year um but uh, last year's performance still is heavy on my mind. So I probably personally would pass on Kyler Murray um, until Prescott is gone. I like the weapons that Herbert uh, has, at least for this year. Keenan Allen is getting old. This is probably his last year at an elite level. Um, 
you have, uh, I mean, obviously Josh Allen is going to be throwing lights out, though they have been focusing a little bit more on the running game lately, but I still, you have to see it first. Like we only saw them run the ball for the last four or five games of last year. Um, and, you know, Singletary is not getting a lot of love right now, at least not as much as you would think he would be. If you compare him to other guys who ended off last year really hot, uh, most notably St. Brown, you know, people are investing mid first round picks in dynasty in St. Brown. St. Brown is going substantially higher than I think he deserves to go um, in, in redraft leagues. But especially when you consider that everything St. Brown did at the end of last year was when Swift was out, Hawkinson was out and the lions were out of it. Right. And they, and now you add those two guys being back with the fact that they've spent a first round pick on a wide receiver who granted will be hurt the first four to eight games. Um, but will be, uh, and Jamison, uh, Williams, um, who's very talented. Uh, I'm not in, especially in a dynasty league, uh, but even in a redraft, I'm not spending a big pick on, um, on Austin St. Brown, but Singletary who also was fantastic for that exact same time frame that St. Brown was not getting that love. Um, the, the running back that they selected in the draft, I forget his name off the top of my head, but he is a third, he is a, um, a pass catching specialist. Now it's possible that he could end up being the, the bell cow. Uh, I just don't see that being the case. I think it's going to be Singletary's job to lose. Um, and I'm not sure why he's going as low as he is, but to jump back into the question itself, um, you know, unless you're taking Jamar chase, Justin Jefferson or Deandre Swift, uh, in a two QB league, I'm going with a quarterback, my, at least two of my first three picks, because once you get past really the 2021 rookie class, which is of course, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, who I put at the end of that class, Justin Fields and Mac Jones, uh, yes, Mac Jones for, um, for the Patriots, everyone out there. Yeah. So those, uh, and Trevor Lawrence, right. Those were the, the five quarterbacks that were the big time picks in the 2021 yes. rookie draft. You know, once you get past those guys, like, are you going to really count on David Carr? I'm not sure you're going to do that. I'm not sure you're going to count on David Carr. Maybe you will with, with, um, the addition of DeAndre Devontae, uh, Adams. Devontae Adams coming in the end of the list of, um, of QBs is, is is really not all that dependable to me. I mean, you don't want to be in a situation where you're ending up with Jason Goff or Davis Mills as your QB two. So wide receiver is so deep this year and so uncertain this year that you are probably just as well off waiting for wide receiver as you would be for, with the exception of like the, you know, three, four guys, your chases of the world and stuff like that. Um, your Justin Jefferson's of the world, um, wide receiver for me is being put off. So my strategy this year is, and this goes for two QB leagues, obviously, but also in one QB leagues running back early, usually don't like to do that. I am a strong proponent of the zero RB draft strategy. Uh, I have always, always been a strong proponent of the zero RB draft strategy. But this, this year and last year have been different, guys. There are too many split backfields out there, especially this year. And some of the ones that used to be not split, like Dallas, is now going to be split. 
you know, uh, Green Bay, like those two teams th- two years ago, it was Ezekiel Elliott and Aaron Jones. Those were yeah. one running back backfields. Now they are both split backfields, right? So you're getting less and less of these split backfield of these uh, bell cow backfields. You really only have a few. You have Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, Najee Harris, <laughs> the new Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you have DeAndre Swift and you have Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Deion- Taylor has been the, the guy that's been identified in most drafts as being at the top of the charts. In a in a redraft league with one quarterback, if you don't take Jonathan Taylor number one, you shouldn't be playing fantasy football. And and I said that last year. I had JT in three leagues last year because I had top three picks and I took him, you know, with the top three picks because I could see it coming. Uh, and a lot of people went with other players. I and I did very well last year in fantasy because now there is no JT in the weeds this year. <laughs> like there's no like JT in waiting. Um, unless you think that from the you're talking Jets, about Brees Hall, Brees Hall, thank you very much. Jeez Louise, man, my brain's not working. So, unless you no think worries. Brees Hall has got that potential, I don't. I think that Michael Carter is still going to get a substantial amount of the carries there. So, um, you want to go with running back earlier, you want to get as many of these guys as, uh, as of these top running backs as possible on, on your fantasy team in a one QB league. As, as quickly as you can, because there's the, you're going to start running into situations where you don't have uh, any running back to take very, 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 very quickly in this particular uh, year. So my suggestion is go running back early. And then maybe, you know, I would actually be so daring to say that in a one quarterback league, especially if it's a 12 man league, uh, you might want to take a running back three of your first four picks. And this is coming from a guy who's a zero RB guy. So this is a drastic difference for me from what I would normally suggest people to do. You know, I'm just looking at a couple of teams here in a 12 man league that I play in one guy here, his top, he who waited for quarterback or waited for running back. His two starters are Raheem Mostert and Keyshawn Vaughn. Mm-hmm. That's not going to cut it, you no. know, and, and he now the rest of his his this is a two QB league, but his his quarterbacks are, are Mahomes and Wilson. He's super strong at wide receiver, but his running backs are really, 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 really weak. You know, another team here I'm looking at has ended up with Devin Harris and um, Kenneth Walker, the rookie from Michigan State who's on Seattle. I'm not even convinced Kenneth Walker is going to beat Richard Penny out for the starting job, at least for the first half of the year. Seattle's not going to be that competitive this year. So, yeah, you definitely want to to, to, to go in. Uh, and I had one league where I picked and I went with this strategy. I spent my first three picks on running backs. I ended up with DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, and Christian McCaffrey. Now, you might say, well, now that is a 10-man league, I, I will tell you. So, it's, it's a little bit unfair. You know, McCaffrey's been dropping. I think I took uh, Swift and Mixon at the... Uh, I think it was, I had the eighth pick, so Swift and then uh, Mixon there, and then McCaffrey fell a little bit, so it was easy to take him. Uh, that was very lucky in a 10-man league, so I don't expect a lot of people to get those results. But uh, but still, it's an example of, look at my three running backs compared to those other teams, okay? And I was still able to fill in my receivers with guys who is my receivers on this team. I have Chris Godwin, Adam Thielen, T. Higgins. So that's still pretty good receivers. 
and with those with those uh, running backs. So um, I have other leagues I'm in where it's maybe not as good, but you know that's just one example where that strategy I think will probably work out for me this year. We may be headed to the replay booth, but we'll be right back with Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you would watch the Tomorrow War before the Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say the Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's Jason Dutch. You got to go ahead and check him out today on the Dig, Amer- Dig on America podcast. There are some very insightful thoughts right there. I mean, do you see the trends going in? Like you're talking about with the zero RB options that are out there, and there are very few singular backs that are going to dominate a backfield. Is this a trend you see continuing as we delve into more of a pass-oriented offense from most NFL teams? I think that everyone knows that that's the case, right? Like it's that's that's not a secret at this point anymore. These coaches they want to. They want to conserve their running backs. Even Pittsburgh, who had Najee Harris, just had an unconscionable amount of carries last year. Uh, you know, they're talking about getting um, other guys involved in their backfield. They have actually three other guys who might get touches there um, in Pittsburgh. So if you just kind of look through, we'll touch on a few of them here. James Conner. Here's a good. Here's a good example. James Conner in redraft is a pretty good. Is a pretty strong pick this year. Um, he has a pretty decent chance of being a bell cow. So um, now he is also older. He's 27 and he's got a long injury history, right? So you might want to look at a Keontae Ingram in a later pick to, to back him up, but James Conner is certainly worth a top five round, uh, you know, going in the first top five rounds this year. Brees Hall, I would, as I said before, I would be a little bit more skeptical of because I don't think that he's going to earn all of that right away. I think Michael Carter and him are going to split that backfield. Damian Harris, that's a super split backfield with um, with, with Ramondi Stevenson. Mm-hmm. So you have to be a little bit skeptical of that one. A couple other ones here. Alvin Kamara is likely going to be suspended for the beginning of the year. So he's going to drop down in the draft. Uh, you have, um, I mean, I'm not, who's going to invest a big pick in Mark Ingram? I don't know who. There is a promising rookie, Abram Smith, there who was paid more than any other um, undrafted free agent. So he might turn into something. Who knows? Uh, it's worth a late round pick. But um, Dalvin Cook, he's getting up there in age. Um, we've already seen signs of a split backfield coming with Madison there. And then they've got another young guy uh, whose name I forget at the moment. Josh Jacobs is in his last year of his contract. They have, uh, was it Zachary um, Davis? or I, I forget the name of the, the rookie that they drafted. Cause like I said, I just got off work like five minutes before I jumped on the show. So I'm not in football mode yet. 
Jacobs, I can tell you for sure, is in the last year of his contract. They are not renewing his contract. Uh, so he is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. It's not to say the Raiders won't resign him, but you know, is it likely that they're going to, there's two ways they can go. They can either try to figure out who's going to be their future running back, or they can run them into the ground because they know they're going to go in a different direction next year. They're going to run them into the ground because they're going to be competitive. Then Josh Jacobs might have a fantastic year. So just something to think about, but that's more of like your perspective on that. Looking at a couple other ones here. Why don't I keep clicking on the same guy? AJ Dillon, uh, Travis. Okay, let's talk about a couple of these situations. Travis Atine versus James Robinson. James Robinson, Illinois State alumni. I love Illinois State. I went there for a short time. I also like Travis Atine a lot. The buzz on ETN right now is high. Super, super high buzz. Um, He was a couple spots below McCaffrey and Akers. He's going equal to McCaffrey and Akers right now. Dobbins has fallen down a little bit as part of that. Gibson has fallen down a little bit as part of that. But uh, in fact, at a league where a guy traded me Gibson, um, six, seven months ago, I offered him an ETN for Gibson in a dynasty league. He told me to piss off. He just traded me Gibson and a first round pick for ETN. So, now Gibson is falling off, but I also got Brian Robinson in that deal. So I feel I, I could care less who wins the competition as long as I have the starter, right? But so, but watch, the, so watch the what's going on in Washington. Watch what's going on in Jacksonville. Those are two interesting situations where I think you're going to probably start out with Gibson and ETN in the lead of those two situations to start the year. But you're going, but you know, James Robinson is very, very talented. He's had nothing but success over two years, even with having different coaching staffs. So mm. the the odds are good that Robinson is not going to be just be phased out and that you're not just going to see ETN be the bell cow there, assuming Robinson is able to come back um, without, without any issues. Shut me up at any time. No, you're Age- good, man, because people need to know these different formats because I know Chris Sardieri has mentioned many of the same players that you look for as far as in your fantasy league drafts the competitions, they're still tight. They're being finalized. And that's one thing. Uh, that's one reason why if anybody has the, the uh, I guess, the, the versatility to go a little bit later towards the end of the preseason, because some of these camp battles are still going underway, I would highly mm-hmm. recommend maybe leaning towards getting uh, those drafts done as close to the re- beginning of the season as possible. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Push. Okay, Joe Mixon, definitely worth an early pick. McCaffrey, worth an early pick, although be very, very sh- sure to get Dante Foreman and or and or Chubba Hubbard. Like, if you decide to take McCaffrey, you're kind of investing three picks because you have to think about getting Deontay Foreman and Chubba Hubbard because I'm not sure – really which of them is going to be the actual backup. Mm. And the last thing you want to do is have the wrong one. And I'm big on handcuffs guys. So if you're not, then ignore that. But AJ Dillon is certainly on the rise. Jones will probably have a decent year this year, but after that, he's going to be done. Um, I really like what Joe Mixon for this year. Um, I really like DeAndre Swift for this year. Both those guys are worth a first round pick or early second round pick, probably first round picks for both of those guys. Uh, Derek Henry, Javante Williams. Let's talk about these two guys next. Derek Henry, Javante Williams. 
Nick Chubb, certainly worth an early pick. I would say not a first. Mid-second is where I would try to get Nick Chubb because of the um, Kareem Hunt factor. You know, Kareem Hunt wanted to trade, and then not, and then he didn't, and then mm-hmm. it didn't last long. Um, what's going on with quarterback there? We now know with Watson. So they're going to probably end up running the ball a lot early in the year. Nick Chubb looking like a very, very strong pick, and Hunt, you know, a really, really solid pick for this eighth, ninth, tenth round. Ezekiel Elliott, to me, is a fade, big time. Um, I want nothing to do with Ezekiel Elliott in, Elliott in any format, personally. See, that seems to be the the continuing trend for Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I, I was out on him last year, uh, thankfully. I'm not out on Pollard, though. You want to take Pollard in the third, fourth, fifth round? I wouldn't say third, fourth or fifth round. Then Fourth or fifth round for me is when I would start looking at him. Yeah, knock yourself out. Derrick Henry, to me, is a fade. I'm not investing a first-round pick in Derrick Henry, especially if you're in the Is it because of the injury status? Because he'll still be a primary key to that offense. He's 29 years old. Mm. You know, the as they said in Doctor Strange, as Mordo says, the bill comes due. It does. You know, so do I think he's a bum? No, I don't think that. I just, I'm not investing a top a, a top pick when I can go with Mixon or Taylor or Chubb or, you know, one of the, I, I would prefer to go with those guys. So yeah, it's an injury thing, but it's, it's an age injury thing. Javante Williams looked really good until they re-signed Gordon. All signs indicate it's going to be a split backfield. I really thought this was going to be a year for uh, Javante Williams to to really shine. Cam Akers, I'm big, huge buy. Like, I, I'm i buy all day on Cam Akers. I think Daryl Henderson sucks. He's a plotter. Like, he, when he was the, the bell cow, he wasn't good. I'm big on Cam Akers if he can stay healthy. J.K. Dobbins. There's some some worry there. Just grab Gus Edwards. I think J.K. Dobbins has boatloads of talent. So, you know, he's certainly somebody. Akers and Dobbins are definitely two guys I would target in the first three rounds. Last but not least, I'm just taking a look at some. Miles Sanders. <laughs> Who knows, right? Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson. Those guys are like the – and actually, here's 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 four guys to talk about. Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley. Let's round out with those guys. Eckler, also old, also really, really good. So like Eckler, you kind of have to invest in. Saquon Barkley, this is his last year with the Giants in all likelihood. You've got some injury risks there. You kind of got to be very, very careful with Saquon Barkley, but we all know that the talent is there. Who else did I mention? Um, Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson, I'm passing on at the moment. Um, just because that, that situation seems to be devolving really, really fast. And it kind of came in the last three weeks. So like, we'll have to see, it could turn out that Antonio Gibson is still a top 12 fantasy asset at running back. But if you had to bet today, kind of worrying on that bet. And I would rather get him in the sixth round then I would blow a third or fourth rounder on him. Um, if I can get Antonio Gibson in this, in the late fifth, sixth, early seventh rounds, and then follow that up a round or two later with Brian Robinson, I'm feeling real good. 
I think the last person I want to talk about is not a running back. And that is really a big, I want, I want to throw a lot of caution to the wind on this guy. Debo has been unhappy. Um, he doesn't want the ball as much, which is weird for a wide receiver. Um, he didn't get the contract he wanted. He didn't get traded. And if you recall last year, and I'll put this in dynasty perspective. Last year, I offered a guy a second round rookie pick for Debo Samuel. And the guy was like, yeah, I'll take that deal. And then he ended up trading with somebody else for like a second round pick that was like two spots higher. So I think he went for like pick two, six in dynasty. A high right? second so round draft pick. In a high way. second round draft pick is what Debo was worth off season last year. He's going for two first rounders now. I am out, uh, especially without, you know, with, with having a new quarterback there, you've got Kittle. He could have another fantastic year. And I like Debo. I'm just not sure that I'm going to put him in the same conversation with CD lamb and Jamar chase and Justin Jefferson, which people are doing right now. And I'm a little bit concerned about, so I would be out completely on Debo because by the time that I would think that he'd be worth taking, which would be third round, he's going to be gone for sure. So, um, uh, and I will tell you this, I really, really like what I'm seeing out of um, both of the wide receivers that the Packers took, Daubs and Watson. The Watson's been a little bit hurt, but, um, and I really like what I'm seeing out of Jalen Tolbert from Dallas, uh, the rookie. So, um, those are a couple of guys to keep your eyes on. KJ Osborne is a guy to keep your eye on. Josh Palmer is a guy to keep your eye on um, for the, for your late round picks. So, um, oh, and the, I'm sorry, there was two guys that two running backs that we missed. Uh, Chase Edmonds and Singletary. I'm a buy Edmonds on both gets of those mentioned guys. Quite a bit. Yeah, I'm a buy on both of those guys for sure. I think Singletary. You can get Singletary in the sixth, seventh round. You're gonna. It's a steal. Like I told you, the rookie that they took, again, I forget his name. Um, was it Ward or something? He uh, He's good. But remember, they were trying to sign McKissick, and they missed out on him. So then they ended up getting this guy who's a third-down specialist. Yeah. Could take the job. Um, but I, I really – I think Singletary is the guy, at least for the first half to three-quarters of the year until he proves otherwise. I think Zach Moss is out. And then Chase Edmonds, you know, he's worth a he's worth a take, but you're you're probably looking at a seventh rounder with a lot of upside there. They paid him a good amount of money. They paid him starter money, but they have so many running backs in Miami. It is ghastly. You have Mostert. You have the two guys that were there last year, um, Salvan Ahmed and Gaskin. So like you've got a <laughs> got a lot of running backs, in Miami. Crowded backfield, that's for yeah. sure. So be careful with most with Edmonds, but I like him. I think if you got a chance to take him in seventh, eighth, ninth round, you take him all day long. Um, I'm sure there were guys that I missed, but yeah, there you go. That's 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 the Jason Mummert draft strategy this year. That Running covers back, a broad spectrum. Yep, yeah, and wide receivers like we didn't even go, really go over that much wide receiver. There's from from like it's to me it stops at Chase Claypool. Anyone yeah. after Clay's Chase Claypool is probably not an elite, even if, if Claypool even is, but like the 
Claypool's like receiver 40. So like there's the depth 40. is still yeah, so the depth is 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 enough where if you have Claypool as your wide receiver three and you got him at like wide receiver 39, 40. I think you did really good, especially if you packed up at running back. So you're going to kind of go like running back, running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, quarterback, something like that in a one QB league is about what you might want to do. But make sure you get your handcuffs. Well, there you go, indeed. But once again, it's Jason Dutch of Dig On America. Very good in helping you formulate your plan for your upcoming draft. I know they're coming up right away for everyone out there. So Please go ahead and check out what he's doing at Dig on America to go ahead and check out what he's doing there, wherever you get your podcast. Plus also as well, you can go ahead. If you have any questions for us on your fantasy football draft or anything in regards to your fantasy football league, trades, waiver wire, upcoming lineups, as we get into the fantasy football season, go ahead and hit us up. isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com or insidesportsff on Twitter. My friend, before we head on out, you got to go ahead and get everyone the lowdown on the Dig on America. What's it all about and why people should check out Dig on America? Well, if you're political, that's the show for you. If you're on the left, at least. I encourage people on the right to watch. <laughs> I don't expect them to. But um, yeah, we're, 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 we are a very uh, left-leaning political show. Um, but we also are i think we're fact-based so we have about four shows um we have a show on wednesday on twitch um we have a show on thursday on twitch we have a show on um on friday on twitch and then we have a uh show on sunday on twitch with former candidate uh from fresno lauren hubbard who hosts um basically a, a, he interviews candidates running for office on sunday afternoon so we have a lot of content out there. We are available at dig on Amer- uh, twitch.tv forward slash dig on America or youtube.com forward slash dig on America, or you can go to dig on America.com or at Twitter at dig on America and get your political content and have a little fun. We like to have a little fun and talk a little bit of comic books once in a while too. A little sports makes its way in here and there. Uh, but 90% of what you're going to hear is, is political rantings and legal analysis and history we are very, very, very history based. Um, and that is because if you don't know your history, this goes for fantasy football, by the way, as well. If you don't know your history, you're bound to repeat it. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more on that. Plus a little bit of cigar talk as well. From yes. Yeah, so there. that's taken off the channel now. Um, but okay. uh, Big Haas is now, because we are now affiliates with Twitch, we have to no tobacco so if you are a cigar fan though we still do that it's on um or i'm sorry not with twitch with youtube but um youtube you can just search for big Haas's humidor h-a-s-s big Haas humidor however you want to say it and you'll find that youtube channel uh and he goes uh very very late on wednesdays around midnight uh central time so but new cigar review every week if you like cigars and he does a fantastic job reviewing them Once again, it's the whole Dig on America universe. Please go ahead and check it out today on Twitch, YouTube, and digonamerica.com. Well, my friend, you've you've enlightened us once again this year with your draft strategies. I hope you can come back during the course of the season talking about the different things that are going on in the NFL and how people need to react to it. 
Any last thoughts before we head on out? No, it's going to be a fun season. There's a lot, um, a lot of changes, obviously, in this offseason. Um, really, the main thing to, to, for me to look at, and, and I didn't mention this before, but like, you know, I think anyone with a brain is, is um, fading Adams and um, Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, from where they were last year. I don't think that yeah. I need to even say that. Uh, but it will be very – that doesn't mean they're bums. Um, but it will be very interesting to see how those players affect, the. in Adams's case, Waller, in Hill's case, Waddle, you know, and, and how those those receptions, uh, those touches are, are divvied out, seeing especially as there is uh, not exactly elite quarterbacks there. Carr is probably better than Tua. And then you have a very, very similar situation in Philadelphia. So with um, them acquiring AJ Brown to sit next to Devonte Adams with Jalen Hurts. So um, those three situations are going to be super, super interesting. Um, and the last one that's really super interesting to me is probably going to be how does Atlanta, how does Drake London and Traylon Burks develop in Atlanta and Tennessee, respectively? So lots to look at, lots of change. I think it's going to be a super, super fun year. I think so as well. But hopefully you'll be able to come on the show whenever you're available to go ahead and be a part of the fun right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Jason Dutch, again, from Dig on America. Please go ahead and check out his great shows today at Dig on America, wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, digonamerica.com. Looking forward to another great season of fantasy football. If you're going ahead this weekend with your fantasy football draft, I wish you the best of luck. Make sure you go into it as prepared as possible and make sure you continue to listen to us for the greatest updates on the world of fantasy football right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football.